morning, everyone, and welcome to Free Snap Read, formerly Bet Less, Make More. I'm your host, Michael James, here today talking about number 28 on our board, fifth from the bottom. We are moving our way up. Today, it's the New York Giants. I know this is a surprise for a lot of you out there, and I know I have seen the information, the reports by other analysts that are claiming Giants could be on their way to the Super Bowl. We could see a matchup, a rematch again of Eli versus Brady. I'm not buying into it. Not for a second. And if for no other reason, we know for a fact that every year there are at least a couple teams who are talked about in such a manner that disappoint in a huge way. Last year, it was Carolina and Cincinnati. Each team only got six wins. Cincinnati getting a tie in that mix, going 6-9-1 on the season. But both of them came off of solid years in 2015. Cincinnati went 12-4 and to go into the playoffs as a leader in the league in 2015. And Carolina went even further, finishing out the year as the Super Bowl runner-up, losing in the championship game to the Denver Broncos. Going from number two in the league to a 6-10 and season last year. Cincinnati going from an elite playoff squad at 12-4 and to 6-9-1. and Go back another year to 2015, happens again every year. Dallas, 4-12, suffering injuries, coming off a 12-4 2014 campaign. Baltimore, 5-11 that year, coming off a 10-6 playoff-bound 2014 campaign. And oh yeah, in OT 15, the Giants only went 6-10, despite people, myself included that year, Talking about the Giants as not just a playoff contender, but maybe a Super Bowl threat. That was off a 6-10 2014 for the Giants. So not only is their history showing that every year we have teams, elite teams from the year before, playoff caliber squads that falter and fall in a big way the following season, but the Giants themselves have just in their recent five years shown that they are an up-and-down team who every season we may talk about them being an elite squad that's playoff-bound, that's division champion-bound, but they themselves have had subpar seasons under a 500 club going 6-10 and back-to-back years in 14 and 15. Now heading into the 2017 season, 6-10 and is probably about what you can expect. We have them on our board as 4-12, and a couple games under that, for fact. But with their win range of about another two games that could go their way, they're maxed out at six wins. Hitting the same 6-10 and mark, they've already done twice before over the last few years. Their schedule, major factor in that. They're not going to get any help whatsoever. It's not the hardest, but it's right up there, top five most difficult. They have an opponent win-loss record of 135, 117, and 4. They'll see 10 500 club or better teams from last year out of their 16 games this season. And six of those were playoff squads from last year. They're going to see mid-level groups in their passing offense, rushing offense, and against pass rush. Top 15, top 18, but they're going to see elite, elite opponents on offensive line, where they have the sixth most difficult schedule 
of opponent offensive line matchups in the league. 11th, top 12 in rushing defenses, and worst of all, against passing defenses, 5th in the league. Now this is a group with the Giants who will be relying heavily on that passing offense. That is, if not their passing defense, their best, deepest, strongest area. With Eli Manning at the helm, Odell Beckham, their top-tier receiver, one of the top five, arguably, in the league right now. Brandon Marshall, free agent signing this offseason. Stud possession guy for them. Rookie tight end Evan Ingram, who arguably is the best player they've had at the position since Martellus Bennett, easily. Maybe even going back as far as Jeremy Shockey. This is the best passing offensive group this team has had in a long time. And with the strength of their passing defense, with guys like Eli Apple, Dominic rogers Camardi, Janoris Jenkins, and Landon Collins, they seem fit to be able to shut it down through the air while exposing teams in shootouts regularly all game long. It should be the kind of math that points to at least an 8-8 eight eight season hitting 500 club, if not double-digit wins and better. The problem is, is as good as that passing offense is, again, they're going to see as good in passing defenses. Top five, number five in the league on our board for this 2017 season. And they're going to see some major playmakers at defensive back. They're seeing Seattle this season, so that's Richard Sherman, Earl Thomas, Cam Chancellor. You got Kansas City, there's Marcus Peters and Eric Berry. Oakland with guys like Steve Smith, Gary and Conley, the rookie out of Ohio State, David Emerson, Reggie Nelson. How about Arizona with Patrick Peterson, Tyron Matthew, Dion Buchanan. Washington, in-division rival, Josh Norman twice a year. That kind of sucks a bit. This is not going to be that easy. Not at all. Not with teams like Seattle, Arizona, Kansas City, Denver, who we didn't even mention. One of the elite of the elite in the defensive backfield. Akib Tlaib, Bradley Roby, Chris Harris, TJ Ward. There is nothing but pain waiting for them. They may be an elite passing offense, but they're going to see elite passing defenses. So it's push comes to shove. It's a rock and a hard place. They're going to need more than just their passing offense to get them through the year because that passing offense, as good as it is, is going to have some struggles. They're going to have some tough matchups. And some of those will go their way. Others will not. They're going to get ball hawked. They're going to get picked. Eli's going to throw a few ducks this season and expect them to go the opposite way for score. Giants can put up points at least somewhere in the ballpark of three touchdowns per game. We're looking at them around 20 to 26.4 point against. Part of that is the interceptions we're expecting. Part of that is also the fact that their defense is not as strong as what it could be. This passing group, defense and offense, needs help. Defensively, that backfield group is solid. With Collins, Jenkins, Rodgers, Cromartie, Apple, they're good. But that front seven, particularly at linebacker, can be exposed. They have one of the weakest linebacking cores in the league. Maybe, arguably, the worst starting trio of linebackers. And that's saying something. We're expecting undrafted rookie free agent Calvin Munson to be able to earn a start there. And I love Munson. Solid player. Collegiate guy was a stud. Talked about him regularly. 
But as an undrafted rookie free agent coming in, having to start, and he very well could, or at least see a substantial amount of rotational time with Mark Herzlich at linebacker, if he's the player to start there, that shows you just what kind of detriment of talent they are having, what kind of lack of talent they're having, that a UDFA coming in is able to earn the start there. Keenan Robinson, JT Thomas, Jonathan Casillas, this is not an elite linebacking core. This is barely a serviceable linebacking core. And if there was depth of talent up front at end and tackle, and there is some good end depth, a little bit, not great, but a little bit. If there was elite depth up front, then maybe it can make up for the linebacking court. But there isn't. Behind Pierre-Paul and Vernon at end, you've got a couple decent backups and guys like the rookie Avery Moss and Romeo Okwara heading into his second year. Oa Adugizua might be in that mix, might not. I mean, this dude's all over the place. It's supposed to be threatening for substantial playing time, if not starting time, this year into next. Finishing out his rookie contract. He's got two years left, earning over 800000 this season. He's supposed to be getting ready to take over that role, probably from Pierre Paul. But dude's all over the place. Retiring, sorry, not retiring, taking personal time, not really explaining where he is. Missed the entire time of off-season training that was not required. And we won't hold that too hard against him. But now you get into the, hey, you got to be here. This is scheduled. This is what we pay you for. And dude is still not there. He's missed at least the first day. First couple days is what it sounds like. And the more time he misses, the more this team can penalize him, creating an even harder situation. There's not a whole lot of trust being developed. This guy's disappearing. So he's not a factor anymore. In fact, I would doubt he makes the final 53 roster. Even if he does come back, even if he tries to explain this shit away and pretend like he's going to be part of this squad, the Giants can't afford him, can't afford the uncertainty. They have to go with the guys that are there that are trying. So Moss, Aquara, behind Vernon, Pierre-Paul, that's your depth. It's okay, it's serviceable, but it's not elite. And on the inside, behind Damon Harrison, the huge nose tackle, who's got about 350 pounds, and Dalvin Tomlinson, the rookie out of Alabama, there's really not anybody of any note. It's a mixture of guys that could or could very not likely not end up making the final 53 roster in Jay Bromley, Corbin Bryant, Robert Thomas. Barely serviceable guys who probably none of the three should be rotating in the league anymore. You're going to have to play your big boys who stand at 320 to 350 on the interior all game long on defense. They're going to get gassed. And they're going to have to be the predominant run stuffers because there isn't any notable help at linebacker. And your ends, your starters and Vernon and Pierre-Paul, when they're out there, run stuffing is going to have to be a more predominant part. It's not just come off the edge and get to the quarterback. 
because you can't leave two guys that big, that gassed, who played that much time at your D tackle spots by themselves. They're going to get run over. Fourth quarter, these guys are going to be on their knees. Lacking depth at D tackle, lacking talent at linebacker equates to just bad fucking news in that front seven. And this is a team that could get gashed easily for four, five, maybe six yards per carry. That's bad news. You may be able to shut down the passing offense of opponents, but their ground game is going to eat you up. And again, you look at the matchups. Who do they see? Playing inside their own division, Dallas. That's Ezekiel Elliott twice a year. That's not going to be any fun at all. How about Philly twice a year? They've got a whole slew of running backs they can hit you with, which to this point still includes Ryan Matthews. Likely expecting him to be gone, but he's still technically on roster. How about LeGarrette Blunt, Darren Sproles, Wendell Smallwood, and the rookie Donald Pumphrey? You get outside that division, you look at teams like the Chargers, Melvin Gordon, Seattle, a whole slew of running backs there that now include Eddie Lacy. The Rams with Todd Gurley. San Francisco with the rookie Williams competing with Carlos Hyde. They got a solid one-two punch there. Oakland with Marshawn Lynch, beast mode, and his two small slot backs in Richard and Washington. And Arizona with David Johnson, a do-it-all threat who's worth about 2,000 yards on a season, rushing and receiving, and a shit ton of touchdowns. There are few matchups where that front seven has any sort of advantage whatsoever. Few matchups where the Giants might be able to win in some sort of shootout because it's going to be entirely about that passing attack on both sides. Games like Detroit in Week 2 and against in-division rival Washington in Week 12 and to finish out the season in Week 17. They're somewhere in that mix, likely the Detroit game, if anything, out of those three in Week 2 are games, or at least a game, where the Giants are going to come away with a W. But it is hard-pressed all the way across. That defense can be gassed and exposed up front, and even that defensive backfield, as strong and as talented as it is, we've only mentioned those four guys, those four starters, because that's what's really there. Darian Thompson, senior player out of Boise State, and rookie Jadar Johnson represent the mixture of guys that are likely going to play that safety spot opposite Collins. They've got a good trio of cornerbacks and that starting safety in Landon Collins who can play free or strong, but better as the strong, better in the box. That leaves at least a little bit of a hole at that free spot. And if they have to play anything beyond a nickel defense, dime, quarter package, going into their depths with guys like Valentino Blake, then they're in real trouble and there are positions to expose. It's not the worst case scenario. And again, the quality of their starters make them an elite group by itself. But beyond those starters... Again, just like that front line, there's not a tremendous amount of depth. 
You could see this group going nickel package often through the season. I would venture to say that beyond the 43 base that they typically use, nickel could end up being their base package. Relying on their strength as best as they can. Limiting the use of linebackers because it is a lacking area. Relying on the front four and a back five. Going with two linebackers. Jonathan Casillas and maybe Calvin Munson making the most sense. It doesn't strengthen their rushing defense at all. And it will get your pass defenders gassed late into games. Because you no longer have at least one guy you can rotate with. All three at corner. Plus your starting safety and whoever is that opposing free safety rotating. They've all been out there pretty much all game long. You can't get them a break. They've had to play it 80-90% of game. Lay it in the fourth quarter. No matter where you look, offense, defense, rushing, passing, that's where this team loses games. And it's going to be a problem all season long. All the analysts out there you're hearing about talking how strong and deep this team is, and it's really easy to talk about guys like Landon Collins, Janoris Jenkins, Dominic Rogers, cromartie Odell Beckham, Eli Manning, even the rookie Evan Ingram, and to get sort of, I don't know, emotionally attached at the idea that, well, they have so many good players. It looks so good on paper. They have to do something. <clears throat> no, not necessarily. We have seen quality squads falter in the past. And the Giants could be one of those type of squads. Going air to air, offense, defense, relying on that entirely is going to be problematic. They don't have the depth rushing attack to stop anybody. And they don't have the depth rushing attack to help out on offense. Paul Perkins, probably better used as a slot back, as a receiving element out of that backfield, more than anything, has shown some problems over his time in the league. And now they got Wayne Gallman, a running back out of Clemson, who could come in, could even earn the start over Perkins. But again, this is not an elite running back. Not expecting Gallman to come in and suddenly put up 12, 13, 1400 yards on the ground and make this a more balanced offensive attack where defenses can't just slam back an extra guy or two in their defensive backfield, double-teaming Marshall or Beckham or Ingram or whoever they're concerned about on any given down. There's nobody in that rushing attack, no threat in that rushing attack to keep opposing defenses honest. It's on the offense passing. It's on the defense passing back and forth. It's going to come down to shootouts. And there's a limited amount of games with the depth of opponents they're going to see, with the difficulty of schedule they're going to have this season, that'll end up in Ws. Disappointment after disappointment, week after week. With the common watcher, the common person, not having analyzed this team as in gross depth as we have, looking on and going, I don't understand how come they're losing games. Fans alike. They keep losing. Don't understand why. They're just outmatched. And even if it's only by a hair, it's enough to equate to losses inside their division where they can get gassed by Ezekiel Elliott twice a year. They can get shut down by Josh Norman a couple times a year. Exposed by Kirk Cousin. 
Philly maybe is a matchup where they could get a win outside the division. They don't have a whole lot of help. Detroit could be a win for them. Maybe a team like San Francisco or the Rams, who they're going to see, obviously, are in that mix where they could be wins. But hard-pressed to find easy games anywhere else. A rough road ahead for the Giants. It's not going to get easy. It's not going to get easier anytime soon. All right. That's enough for today. For more information on this Giants team, and we break it all the way down for you, running down their schedule, running down predictions, rosters, additions, grading free agents, grading the draft, plus formations, offense and defense to expect to see, depth chart, all of it available on the website. Go to thepresnapread.com, get the information you're looking for. If you've missed out on any of our previous teams, L.A. Rams, Chicago Bears, Detroit Lions, New York Jets, all available as well. And our fantasy ranks, quarterback and running back, up on the board already. Wide receiver coming next. Everything on the website one more time, thepresnapread.com. I'm Michael James. As always, saying thank you for tuning in. Stick with us. A lot more yet we're getting to. And I'll see you next time.